This is the Friday, April 2nd edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Obviously, we are talking Final Four. The weekend is here. And then we'll also have a little bit of NBA at the end of the podcast. So settle in. We'll get you in and out under 10 minutes. Everything you need to know. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenball. And Joe, it's been a... A little bit of an up and down college basketball season. No, we're not talking about our bankrolls. It's all about just the COVID component to everything. But here we are. The final four is here and Gonzaga is still undefeated. And Joe, you know, we've seen these double digit spreads. And I think, you know, just being in the betting space for as long as we are, we're kind of trained to like, I don't know, that's that's a big, big number. But here they here the Zags are undefeated ATS in this tournament, really coming off a beatdown of USC. That was the first time since you know, December, I want to say that they were a single-digit favorite. Are we overthinking this? Should we just be laying the lumber with the Zags every time? I mean, perhaps. Perhaps. Because I'll tell you what, I've seen enough from Gonzaga night in and night out throughout the course of this tournament to understand they are more than capable of covering the 14. USC is a better team than UCLA. And they absolutely throttled USC in a game that I, like the Trojans, I sat there saying, you know, Take the points, the defense, the tempo, everything that USC brings to the table. And Gonzaga buried them early. What worries me, not about laying the 14, but about the idea of backing a team like UCLA. Look at their last two wins, Doug. They beat Michigan and they beat Alabama, two very good basketball teams that combined to shoot less than 50% from the free throw line. And both were horrific from three-point range. They had a lot of good fortune to get past those two teams. I don't know if they're going to get that type of good fortune with Gonzaga. So while I'm not thrilled to lay the 14, I'm not telling you that by tip-off, I'm not going to be laying the 14, if you know what I'm saying. Well, you, you don't you don't think UCLA plays really good free-throw defense, getting a hand up? and uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it, 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 it's really – I know what you mean. And, and look, the, the, all betters deal with this. It's FOMO, right? Like, like, you know, we see Gonzaga. We see all the public just cash on them sometimes. You're like, what the heck? Why am I doing this? You know, we're trying to right. get cute and trying to thread the needle here. I will say this. We've talked about Zags in the first half. We've done that a few times, so it's not like we're completely ignoring them. I do not think the Bruins have much of a chance. I hope they do. I'm going to Calcutta with them. But I think the play for me, and I'm warming up to this more and more, is minus 220 right now to win it all. That's their future. they got to obviously win two more games. I think it's about a money line against Baylor or Houston, which we'll talk about momentarily. But there's a chance they play Houston, and that line could be like nine. So, Minus 220 seems, uh, seems pretty inviting for me. I've seen some advanced lines right now. I don't disagree with you, but I think uh, most places as of now are talking about five or five and a half Gonzaga over Baylor. Would that change your mindset at all? I don't know. I think Baylor's, uh, Baylor's legitimate. I mean, look, I'm not sold on them. And again, we'll talk about that game. I just think everyone's getting a, jumping the gun a little bit, putting them in with Sharpie that they're going to be playing Gonzaga in the championship game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think laying the 220, you're getting by UCLA, and then you're basically in a situation against a very good Baylor team. You just need to win the game. And as we always say on Daily Wager, you're the one who leads the charge on this. You can always play live. Yeah, you can always play live. You can scalp. And, and really, the best part about the, like a, a future like that, your bet is aligned with what the team is trying to do, right? The team's not trying to win by six or more. They're trying to win the game. So anytime you can get your bet, you know, like we talk about in teasers in the NFL season, it's just that much more uh, advantageous. So, so that's like the hypotheticals in, in all that futures. But do you have a play on this game? 
the Gonzaga. Yeah, I'm going to ride the I'm going to ride the money train here. The first half over is sitting at 69 points. I'm going to be on that. Gonzaga is averaging 45 points in the first half throughout the course of the tournament. Their four tournament games are averaging 75 points per game in the first half. So this number is a little bit lower than what we've seen, and for good reason. UCLA plays good defense. UCLA plays at a slow tempo. We know the narrative there. I think it's too low because we just saw them beat Michigan by scoring only 51 points. And I think the thought process there is that this is a low-scoring team. They're going to play D. They're not going to do a whole lot. They're going to drag it down into the mud. That was the same thought process with USC, Doug. The problem is that Gonzaga plays so fast and is so ruthlessly efficient that they force the opposition to pick up the pace because there are opportunities to score on Gonzaga in the fast break when you're going the other way. So I'm going to play the over. I'm going to stick with the money train over 69 points. What are you thinking? So I'm kind of thinking along the same lines, but but hear me out here. I'm on the under, but it's the game under because of what you were saying. Like, there's no way I'm going to do a first half under. But So the reason the game got away from USC is because Mark Few decided that the Trojans don't have very good guard play, which is a fact, and he decided to press them full court. And that just led to turnovers early. We forget, uh, as much as we love the Zags offense, their defense is ranked right up there as well. So they're a respectable defense. And Mark Few's been in this business a long time. He's going to make the right adjustments. I just think Mick Cronin's a much better coach than Andy Enfield. Gamblers will say, well, he's 10-0 ATS. I get that. I don't think he's a very good coach, and I'm a USC fan. I think Cronin's going to have his team prepared. And remember, we got extra time, right? It's not a quick turnaround like when you go from Sweet 16 to Elite Eight. He's got a, he's got a handful of days here. He's going to run everything through Hawkes and then obviously Juzang. He's got an actual true point guard in Tiger Campbell. But I just think that they're going to be able to control it and not have as many sloppy turnovers uh, on offense. And I don't think the Zags are going to turn it over much. So it's going to come down to making shots. UCLA does grind it out. They're going to try to get everything through their guys, those two guys that I mentioned. And I do think it's a big number, and I like the full game because if we see another Gonzaga blowout, they're going to take the air out of the ball the last 10 minutes or so. So that's why I'm going game under. And that's exactly what happened in the Creighton game because right. I was on the game over and the first half trended beautifully. Fine. I believe the two put up sure. 76 points and then it completely ran out of steam in the second half. So I love the mindset there. As a 14-point favorite, you got to figure there's a high probability of that happening again. Yeah, at some point, UCLA is going to just run out of gas. Like you mentioned, they scored 51 points against Michigan. They're just... Uh, playing with house money and running on fumes. I don't think they're going to ha- uh, and be nailing every shot like they did the last time. Let's get to this Baylor-Houston game. Obviously, the lines uh, kind of hints towards a much more competitive game. I'm concerned that everyone's just putting them into the, the championship game, Baylor, blah, 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 that they look so great. I am laying the five, but I'm not going to lay five and a half. Like, five's my cap. That's where I'm going with this. All right, I can see that. I wouldn't bet against Baylor at this point in time because they look fantastic in each and every game. When they face adversity like they did against Arkansas, and for a bit at the beginning of the second half against Wisconsin, they readjust and they put the hammer down on the opposition. Um, Houston worries me. They let the Oregon State lead get away from them, and they also struggled in the first half against Cleveland State, and they should have lost to Rutgers. So what I'm thinking here is over 134.5. Now, it opened 135. It's moving down. I'm going against the move, but here's the rationale. The metrics say Houston is an elite defense. I don't disagree with the metrics, but those metrics are based on Houston's schedule playing against teams that are nowhere near as good as Baylor. Remember, this Houston defense gave up 82 points 
to East Carolina. They gave up 74 to Memphis. You can score on them. And Baylor's the number one three-point shooting team in the country. I think this game comes down to rebounding. Baylor and Houston both rank in the top seven in offensive rebounding. They both rank outside the top 150 in defensive rebounding. So if we're making our shots, it's great for our over. If we're missing shots, but we're cleaning up on the offensive glass, like those stats I just mentioned indicate, then we're still putting up points and we still get to the over. So that's what I'm going to be playing. Over 134 and a half, Baylor, Houston. Fair point. Uh, can't fault you on that. You mentioned the stats with uh, Baylor. I, again, I'm going to lay the five, but I'm going to do it very regular play. Nothing crazy. Uh, quick NBA for our uh, association fans. And uh, before we uh, send everyone home, I'll let you go first. Suns Thunder. The over-under is 220. I'm going to play the under here. I play a lot of Suns Unders, as you know. Fourth in points allowed, fifth in defensive rating, and 26th in pace. They play to a lot of unders. Here comes a matchup against an Oklahoma City offense that is absolutely dreadful when it comes to scoring, when it comes to efficiency, when it comes to everything. Now, they like to play at a faster pace, but here's what I see happening. The Suns are a 13-point favorite. I think they control the game. I think they build the lead. And like we talked about with Gonzaga and UCLA, you use the perfect phrase. They take the air out of the ball late third quarter, throughout the fourth quarter. We get home under 220 Suns Thunder Friday night special from Joe Fortinball. Where are you going? <laughs> We're leaving the package. It's absolutely free. Uh, I'm going to the old reliable. I, I loved the Bucks the other night against this Lakers team. And I'm going to go with the Sacramento Kings here. Now, yes. it is somewhat of a, not even somewhat, it is a dangerous tight wire act to be laying points with the Sacramento Kings. And the numbers come down a little bit. I don't like that because I did like it at four and a half. I have some bets at four and a half, but it's now four at most places. And I just think the Lakers are a hot mess. They looked a little better with Drummond. If he didn't get hurt, who knows what happens with that Bucks game. Maybe it's like a 10-point loss, not a 17-point loss. But I just think they're really hurt, really limited right now. Their whole offense and defense is predicated to involve LeBron and AD, and they just don't have the horses, and they're missing shots. If they start making shots, fine, but the Kings' offense is pretty solid. It's top 10 offensive efficiency, and the Lakers... You know, it's funny, like Draymond Green just said it at post game after the loss to the Heat. He said, we're not in this to get in the playing tournament. I play hard because I hate losing, but we're it, it, when, when teams have aspirations to win a championship, they're not like the grind of the regular season will induce some sort of apathy when their stars are out. Like, I'm not saying they're going to roll over to the Kings. In fact, they played pretty hard in the final game before the All-Star break and almost won with a shorthanded roster. But I just don't see the the fire out there. And I just think they're really limited. Um, Montrez Harrell and Schroeder can only do so much over four quarters. I just trust the Kings offense to exploit a, a mediocre Lakers defense without AD. And this, I don't think the Lakers offense can hang over four quarters with, with the Kings firepower. Kings have been playing well as late and they're off that loss against San Antonio from a few nights ago. I think you're going to see a spirited effort. And with the way the Lakers have struggled on offense, like you said, I'd make in this play as well. I'm right there with you on the Kings. All right, good to hear. Please do us a favor. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you are enjoying the show. It helps us out tremendously. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Final Four. And we'll be back with you Monday morning to talk about the championship game.